Welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. We are a nonprofit wellness center for patients, survivors, caregivers, and families affected by the trauma of cancer. We provide a wide range of services that enhance an individual's ability to experience quality of life. And we believe that everyone should have access to our programs and conversations, which are offered freely to ensure that no one is ever denied the support they need. If you find inspiration in what we share, we invite you to consider supporting Wellness Within through a donation. Your generosity enables us to continue offering these valuable resources to our community. To make a donation and contribute to the well-being of those facing cancer, please visit our website at wellnesswithin.org or click the link in the episode description. Your support makes a difference. So thank you for being a vital part of our mission. Together, we empower whole person well-being, bridging gaps, and reconnecting to what is most meaningful. Well, if I do this, will it cause this? Well, if I do this, will it cause that? That was one of the biggest beyond cancer experiences. I have to catch myself. Who's getting the power here? Is it the fear, which to me is the same thing as the cancer? Or is it me living my quality of life? Welcome to Wellness Within. We would like to thank Koinonia Family Services, Consolidated Communications, and Merchants Bank of Commerce, who in part sponsor this podcast. Join us for relaxing meditations and enlivening conversations about topics that support wellness in the presence of cancer. To access our class schedule, to make a donation, or to sign up for our newsletter, please visit wellnesswithin.org. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Within podcast. This is Stevie Hannah-Cole, and today I'm joined by our executive director here at Wellness Within, Elizabeth Klein. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, Stevie. Thanks for having me today. It's nice to join you. Yes. So today we're coming together to discuss life after cancer treatment ends. Some people may think of this as finding a new normal, as it is a process to find your authentic path in your survivorship. So for those of you who may not be familiar, both Elizabeth and I actually came to Wellness Within after we had each been given a cancer diagnosis. Though our stories are very different, we had different experiences as we all do when cancer treatment ends, but we also have some commonalities as well. So in discussing life after treatment ends, we're touching on things like what it feels like, what changes we choose to make in life or have to make, and what support we might ultimately need. So we hope by sharing a bit about our experiences, as well as sharing some of what we have learned through being here at Wellness Within, that some of this may resonate with you, our listeners. So to dive in, let's talk a bit about our cancer diagnosis and when treatment ended for each of us. So Elizabeth, do you want to share a bit to start us off? Um, I'm happy to, um, Stevie. And I love your introduction because I think it really does um, focus in on a key point, and that is everybody has their story, and everybody's story is so unique. So I'm going to tell my story, and you're going to tell your story. But so many people can come on to this podcast and tell their story because everyone's unique. My story started with my first cancer diagnosis, which was actually thyroid cancer, and I was in my late 30s. It 
like it does when you're told, oh, you have cancer and you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> or <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. It's such a shock. And um, to be quite honest, you know, I did all the treatments and everything. And that one kind of uh, went on for years. I, I was constantly being monitored and it was a little bit stressful for quite a long time. But my attitude towards it was the after the initial intensive uh, surgery and the ablations that they do, I was like, I'm done with this. I am not even going to give cancer anything. It's like it was a flip on my radar and I went back to my life. A few years after that, I had a scare. It was not an official cancer diagnosis, but my CDC panels came back completely wonky and uh, they thought I had lymphoma. So I was signed to hematology oncologist. And for about six months of bone marrow biopsies, MRIs, CAT scans, uh, they finally determined that it actually was not lymphoma, but that was a very intense period of time and very scary period of time. So that was, yeah. That so, so for a little bit there, it was like, and to this day, my CBCs are still like wonky. And then a few years after that, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So <laughs> went through treatments for that. And what was interesting for that was, again, I was like, okay, I'm going to live my life, which I still do. Cancer is not me. It does not get that power. To this day, I don't let it have that power. However. What was interesting between cancer number one and cancer number two was something a very sage wise person said to me, who happens to be the founder of Wellness Within, who Stevie and I work for, and is the podcast that we're on right now. And that's Patty Brown. And she sat back in her very wise, cool way and said, so how's it working for you? (laughs) How's, How's your life? How's things working for you. My life situation at that time was when I sat back and really took her words to heart and really examined everything that was going on in my life. It was, well, I guess not so great given that I'd had two cancers and a very real scare. It it was a bit of a wake up call. So those were my cancer experiences. And um, so it was a good about six years of being in the you know, comprehensive cancer center mm-hmm. and really living the life of back and forth of scans constantly. I probably glowed because of all of the you know, <laughs> treatments and the contrasts and the, everything that you have to have during that period of time. So it was, it was pretty intense. So mm-hmm. um, I, and again, I, that was just my story. And I know mm-hmm. that there are many stories that yeah. people could tell. And Stevie, speaking of many stories that people could tell, I know you also have a story. Yeah. Too. For me, I was diagnosed in 2018 with triple negative breast cancer at the age of 28. And I honestly didn't know much about cancer or breast cancer. And we didn't really have any cancer in our family either. So similar to you, it was a huge shock really for anybody, right? You get a cancer diagnosis. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> is that real? <laughs> like I, it was hard for me to grasp initially. And as time went on, you know, the anxiety, the fear just was ramping up. And 
had been living in a state of anxiety and stress for a variety of reasons before diagnosis, but really the diagnosis was just like, bam, you know, everything stops and it just becomes about survival. And I had surgery followed by 16 rounds of chemo followed by radiation. And I was fortunate in the sense that I was able to take leave off of work during that time because that chemo really knocked me down. My experience though with treatment in total was about six months. So it was about six months later that I completed, you know, my final round of radiation. And then it was just kind of like, all right, you're done with treatment. And boy, (laughs) then it's like, what now? Right. And so in terms of like emotions and concerns that survivors like myself and yourself may feel after treatment ends, it's important to note that there's so many dynamics that contribute to those different emotions and traumas and symptoms that can occur. You know, dynamics such as age and and type of cancer, gender, and all of that so unique to the individual, like you mentioned. It's common though to experience depression and anxiety and poor body image, but one of the most common experiences is really that fear of recurrence. Uh-huh. And I know you and Christy Howlett talked a lot about that in a previous episode and talked about the ways to cope with that as well. And I'll post the link to that episode in the show notes of this episode. So for anyone that's listening, you can easily click on that link and go back and listen to that one. I highly recommend it. But, you know, that is just one of the many challenges that survivors experience after treatment ends. You know, you're seeing your doctor less, you're no longer getting all these blood panels and so on and so forth. It's just a huge, huge shift. And so when it comes to finding those ways to cope and finding new ways to like walk through your life in a certain regards, it, it's, it's like you're coming to a time of really trying to recognize your challenges, find new solutions, and hopefully asking and accepting support when needed too. Because like, you may hear people say in one way or another, you know, your cancer experience doesn't necessarily end when treatment ends. So once, you know, your treatment ended, Elizabeth, I know it was, a, it was a, an ongoing experience for you in, in, in those ways you mentioned, but what were some of those things that you felt? What were some of those experiences that you felt? Well, I mean, eventually it all did end. I mean, I've been, like you said, I still get you know, my scans and my checkups and all that things to this day, but for the most part it did end. But I think, you know, something Stevie that really um, stands out to me is it feels like there was a lot, I questioned a lot, you know, Mm. it's like, should I have this occasional glass of wine? Oh my gosh, is that going to cause something? You know, and there's that fear of recurrence that comes comes back. You know, it's like someone very close to me who also had cancer would call it the monkey on the back. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you can't ever undo it. So you start questioning, mm-hmm. you know, things in, in your life. Well, if I do this, will it cause this? Well, if I do this, will it cause that? And I think that that was one of the biggest kind of beyond cancer experiences. And, and to this day, it still happens, you mm-hmm. know, that I have to catch myself mm-hmm. and be like, okay, hold on here. You know, again, one more time, Who, who's getting the power here? Is it the fear, which to me is the same thing as the cancer, or is it me living my quality of life? What do I need to do? You know, and sometimes I think it's, it's taking that pause and taking that breath and going, what really does need to happen here? And I'll tell you, that was probably the biggest change between 
my reaction after cancer number one and my reaction after cancer number two. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to change anything after my reaction to cancer number one. To me, to change anything was giving in. But in fact, I did have to kind of change things because I did need to pause and realize, is this in my best interest? Because the fact was, I did have cancer. And the fact was, maybe choices I was making were not working well for myself. Mm, like what Patty said to you, right? How's exactly. That How's that you? working? Was it working? So, mm-hmm. okay, let's get back to this idea of whatever choice I was, was in front of me, you know, and when, when I, when it pops up and it's a more of a feeling, it's like a little, like you said, that anxiety, that little flutter that goes on. It's like, Ooh, should I be doing this? Is this going to cause cancer again? Is this going to, mm-hmm. well, sometimes I have to step back and go, you know what? I really don't feel comfortable. This is not in my best interest right here, right now. Maybe I need to rest or maybe I need to do this, or I have another option to do that. Maybe that feels better to me. Mm-hmm. But it's tapping into that, taking that pause for me now. And I'm a lot more slow to, I I slow down and I get more in touch with that and make those choices. And I relate to that so much in the way that it's like having that lens that I now look at life through. It's because of cancer that this lens was created and there's pros and cons to having this lens. Also kind of going along with that lens too, though, is it's like, you know, something I found was I started to grieve my past self Mm. because I didn't always have that lens, right? There was like a simpler time in my mind (laughs) where that true. Yeah. mm -hmm. Like this one instance really stands out strongly for me. You know, I was, I went to a river to the river with one of my friends and it was somewhere I had gone so many times. I had so many beautiful memories there. And I just had this moment of realizing how different I had become standing there after cancer and comparing that to who I was before cancer, it just was such a stark contrast. And I realized I had to take some time to grieve that past self because I missed, I missed that version in some ways. Right. And I had to give myself that, that time, that space to, to feel those feelings all the way through, to be sad that I'm no longer that person, but also to continue to step forward, right. To step forward into growth. And realizing I am changed, but that's okay too. And there's beauty in that too. Cancer does force you to face your mortality, period. I mean, you are told you have a life-threatening disease, period. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you're you're given those words from your doctor, you know, you have cancer. Just those few words. It just suddenly, boom, Mm -hmm. right there within seconds can send you into that sympathetic nervous system, that fight and flight response, because right then and there, as you just explained, Stevie, everything you had before that, it's probably the wrong description to say it's like a carefree innocence, but in a way it is because mm-hmm. you're, you haven't had to face mortality, but right then, boom, you now are facing mortality. And exactly. it does propel you in an instant, you flipped into now a different mindset and in, in that fight and fight mode. So I, I, it is, and I get that grief too. Mm-hmm. And you're not having to worry about that. Exactly. And like you touched on, it's like facing that mortality, you're realizing, oh, time is limited. My time is limited. And you can embrace life in a new way because of that. 
I don't know if you found that too. It's like you embrace moments in a different way. Absolutely. And that's the weird thing about it. Cause it's like to, to even consider that there's anything good about cancer. It's like, Ugh, yeah, <laughs> no way. But and again, the way I always think about it is kind of reclaiming your power, mm-hmm. you know, or, or changing a power dynamic. It's not reclaiming your power, but it's, it's choosing to, ha- to ch- change the power dynamic you have with cancer. And to me, that is the silver lining. It's that, that recognition of, of, of what, what you can do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it is a reconnection with your authenticity mm-hmm. that I think in the churn, especially in the American culture that we have to constantly push, 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 push. And I, I don't know outside of the United States what it's like, so I can't, maybe I shouldn't have said American culture, but, <laughs> but to push, 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 we sometimes can get dissociated and not stop and pause and, and go, is this working for me? Mm-hmm. And how does this really make me feel? And then to say, hmm, no, uh-uh, mm-hmm. it's not, it, something needs to change. Yeah. I love everything you just said. And I love that you also just touched on, you know, changes you have to make maybe, you know, and maybe not for everybody, at least though, in my case, you know, I, after treatment ended, I was like, wait, now what? Now I only see my oncologist every six months. Now we're not looking at my blood panels anymore as much. And, you know, I had, taken time off of work, luckily for my treatment. But then after treatment ends, I'm going back to work and I'm going back to the same job I was in before cancer. And it felt really off for me because I felt so different. I was so changed. And I felt like that new lens that we've been talking about that I was looking at through at my life through was just changing me so much that going back to that job would be like going back to something that was no longer aligned with me. It was like a version of myself that was overworked and overstressed. And that just seemed so linked to that role. So although I was doing exercises and meditations, things that, you know, I really learned a lot from wellness within classes, luckily, but again, I just felt like I had to make some bigger changes in my life and what I was doing on the day-to-day basis. So that was one of the biggest first changes I made after, after treatment ended was I decided to change my job and my husband and I were going to move. And we were just in this momentum together of making changes. And I know that's not the case for everyone, you know, in the sense that some people, you know, after treatment ends, they're ready and excited to go back to the life they were living before the job they love, you know, so that's not for everybody. I'm just sharing from my experience, but another big part of my experience too, was that I really started to select who I was surrounding myself with, what I was willing to put my energy into. And also I was setting up new boundaries that I didn't have before. Like I really realized, wow, I had a a lack of boundaries. (laughs) So although I summarize that quite simply, this was really such a process of discovery and it's long, you know, it's not fast. (laughs) It's an ongoing Mm -hmm. process and it's not an easy one. But what about, what about you, Elizabeth? What was some of the changes you decided to make? Those are really interesting. Um, You know, because again, after my first cancer, honestly, I did not make, I don't think any changes again. Mm -hmm. I, I really was like, this cancer is like a speed bump in my life and we're going to go over it and move on. Nothing. And that's how I, I treated it. And that's what I did. I, it was just like, okay, I'm done. Wipe my hands clean of it and mm-hmm. let's go. And the second time though, the second cancer, 
that was more of my wake up call because again, it was after, you know, continuing to have to be, it was like the, the thyroid thing was just not going away for years. <laughs> um, and then the lymphoma scare and then the, and then it was like, are you kidding? Breast cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's when I kind of had to step back and it was interesting what you said that resonated with me, Stevie, with, with the suddenly things just felt like they had to change. It was a, it was a feeling. Mm -hmm. And again, and I do appreciate what you said to the listeners that, you know, it's different for everybody when, you know, if you are finished with treatment and you're just so excited to get back to work or get back with your big group of friends or go to parties or whatever, you know, the important thing is it's how, what does it feel? what is resonating what is it that you're you're really feeling and needing and again for me after the first one it was like it just needed to be a speed bump the second one it felt different and i need i knew i needed to do something different and change change drastically and interestingly i did lose my job and that's again we're not saying you should leave your job <laughs> not at all mm-hmm. but what but i think the point that we're trying to to make is to pause and, and to, to connect and to feel what, what is genuine, what is authentic, what is it that you need, but also just to be open to that and be okay that things might, that you might be different or you might feel different and to give it the time, give it the time to process, you know, after treatment, because it is a big deal. You, as Stevie's example, when, you know, she went to the river before and then, got the diagnosis and that change, that mortality, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And giving it that space, like you're talking about there, mm-hmm. giving that space and being okay and not getting caught up in the shoulds, right? I, I think oh, we've talked yes. about this all, together as well as on other episodes on this podcast, but we can easily get caught up in the should, my life should go this direction, or I should do this, or I shouldn't feel that, <laughs> right? That's so easy oh. to get caught in those. That's so good because that's, that's right. And it wasn't until after the second diagnosis, that I realized I really don't like that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I should>. mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and it's become one of those words I'm very aware of these days. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't really like the word should. And sometimes you can't get around it. It's like, I really yeah. should do that big pile of laundry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, yeah, I do need to do that big pile of laundry. But yeah, the, the should word. But the, it's more about the expectations of that others, I think, have of you or the culture has of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but questioning that that should sometimes really does, especially when it's more external, mm-hmm. you know, coming at you externally. You really should run around and see everybody and meet other people's expectations. It's like, yeah, why? Yeah. I love that you mentioned that too, meeting other people's expectations, because that's another big part of moving into survivorship, right? Is sometimes some people in your life expect you to go right back to who you were before. Yes. And that's not always going to (laughs) happen. You know, like we've been talking about, you're, you're very changed in, in a lot of ways. And some people around you might not be able to accept that. And that can be difficult too. And so kind of going back to, for me, it was like, who was I willing to surround myself with? Who's going to be supportive of my changes, you know, the way I'm growing in now and and needing to make sure that I feel safe 
in those relationships with who I surround myself with. And that's such a great point. And I think the thing that cancer also illustrates is that that nothing is static, you know? I mean, cancer makes a big change. Mm -hmm. There's ripple effects to it. So like you just said, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, whether it's jobs or, or friendships or, you know, activities that you're involved in, they, they just may not work anymore. Mm-hmm. And things do change. And that's okay. Sometimes they need to. You know, it's like Patty Brown said, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So that's a, it's a really good point. And so talking a little bit more, maybe on ways to find what now works for you. There's things like, you know, seeking a support group, you know, or a therapist, maybe sometimes that can be helpful depending on your circumstances where you're at or finding, seeking a community like wellness within, you know, community center where you can be part of a community who understands while also focusing on wellness, or it could even be just things that you incorporate throughout your day, right? Like things like journaling and painting or other expressive arts, you know, so do you have anything to add to that, Elizabeth? I think you've hit the big ones. Meditation, I think, is really a good one. Because again, to me, we've mentioned, we've been talking a lot about our story. But I think the key is is tapping in for every individual what is genuine and authentic to them. Mm-hmm. Meditation is a great way to start, especially when you can kind of develop a practice to start figuring out what's authentic to you. So meditation, I think is great. Honestly, and meditation doesn't have to be just sitting, you know, as you know, Stevie's sitting, you know, inside a walking out in nature. Nature is phenomenal. Gardening, you know, is amazing. Just something that kind of lets you to re- recenter and reconnect so that you can kind of get to that place of saying, well, is this working for me? And what do I need? And the answer might be, yes, it's working great. I'm super loving my everything right now. So, and that's just really good. It's a revalidation at that point. And that's great. I love journaling. Journaling is fabulous. Such a great mirror. Me too. Um, So what feeds the soul uh, to me is, you know, music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Music. Absolutely. I think also too, I don't think we've really touched on this yet, which is sometimes the support you need could even be going back to your doctor and being like, Hey, I need some more support. And and we need to figure out a new plan because I'm, this isn't, this isn't working for me. Maybe you tuned in, you're like, ah, things I'm doing are not working. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, at one point that, that was the case for me too, which is I did go back to my doctor and I was like, Hey, I, I need some additional support. And that's when I found an integrative oncologist where mm-hmm. I am working to try and work towards more optimal health by getting right supplements and, and things of that nature. So that could be the case as well, you know, for other people going back, talking to your, to your care team and, and seeing what other options are, are out there for you that, that could work for you and movement classes too. I don't think we talked about that yet. Oh yes. Movement. Oh, that's such a great one. <laughs> so my little funny story with movement. So if anybody knows me, and again, uh, this is just my story, but just a little background is um, I've always, I see myself and maybe people would not see myself this way, but as somebody who's just always been, I'm fairly analytical and I'm, I kind of see myself in like kind of in a box and I, I'm, uh, how to say it. I'm not one to try a whole lot of new things, but <laughs> Patty, again, I'm, we keep referring to Patty Brown at Wellness Within once got me to try dance at Wellness Within because it's a great way from 
getting connected to your body and the movement. And uh, she said, no, you really need to do this. Gabriel Roth's five, what is it, Stevie? Stevie five, five rhythms. Five rhythms, right. And I'll be honest with you, when she suggested that, I thought she was crazy. And I was like, <laughs> heck no. But I did it. And to be quite honest, I, it was the best thing I ever, I was shocked at how amazing my body, it literally, I felt like my body was screaming for it. Like I was, it, it was like, it, it needed it for so long and it felt mm. so good. So it was hilarious because I was couldn't wait for my family to leave <laughs> in the mornings and I'd be close all the blinds and doing my, my dance in the living room. And it was amazing just, oh, to feel God. the body move like that because I hadn't for so long. Yeah, maybe it's a good thing to try things you never thought you would ever, ever in a million years give a try, because that is totally not how I identify with myself. But mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was quite revolutionary for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, I yeah. love that story so much, Elizabeth, because it's yeah. that finding that freedom of movement, right? And that's stepping out of that box we can sometimes put ourselves in, right, to limit our experience. But when we try new things, we can get closer to our authentic self sometimes. It really was. It, it was just how amazing how my body really, when I paused and was quiet, it just was like, oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. It really was. I, I, I was a believer. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And we look forward to continuing to offer more movement classes and hopefully some more dance classes in the near future. Yeah. So I think this is a good place to wrap up for this conversation. I just want to thank, say thank you so, so much for this wonderful conversation, Elizabeth. Thank you so much to our listeners for joining in as well. We hope that some of what we discussed here resonated with you on some level. And please let us know if you have any thoughts or interest in what we offer here on the podcast more moving forward. You can email us or it's also very helpful to just take a moment to go ahead and rate, review and share our podcast. This helps us reach more people who can benefit from our services here at Wellness Within. And make sure to subscribe as we have more guided meditations and conversations with experts coming your way. But thank you so much again, Elizabeth. Oh, Stevie, it was so nice talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you and take care.